There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are you familiar with this song? Not from this much of it. How to escape the city was sticky and cool. Maybe I should have called you first, but I was dying to get Anything? to you. I was dreaming on a joke, the long street road ahead. Early 80s, just before Madonna. Some of the pipes on this lady. Oh, this does sound familiar, maybe. That is Cindy Lauper from around 2004, I think. So that's she was already in her 50s at that point. Hmm. But that is her. She did that is a Roy Orbison song that she covered. She did it as a single in the late 80s, and I actually saw her live on David Letterman sing that song, and it freaking blew my mind how good a singer she was, how strong she was. Her vocals, she was just so strong. And it's and it's awesome and it, it, like that one appearance and of course that that one appearance happened in 1989 or whatever it was and then is there technical problems? Uh, this camera stopped working. Oh, okay. I fixed it. Okay, so there's but so this one appearance, Alice. I mean, I mean, how many times does one performance just blow you away? But it absolutely blew me away because she's a cute little zany thing and always was. Letterman absolutely had a crush on her because she was charming, but. She's this little thing that's got this cannon of a voice, and it's awesome. 
awesome, which I, I love Cindy Lauper. She's really damn good. I mean, Madonna came and, and eclipsed her and took all the, the you know, but, you know, Madonna it really went the cheapest route to super fame that, that as possible. But she was Cindy Lauper was such a much more talented is such a much more talented musician. Um, listen to this. Here's another. This is at the end of the song. The Chris Kendo of the song. Cindy Lauper, man, talented. All right, so I wanted to start with that, Alice, and I'm going to get to the next thing. We're going to start off with Ukraine uh, today, uh, but first we're going to start off with Alice Shattuck because we've had a um, we've had a kerfuffle. Yeah. I was saying that Alice, right now you're dressed a lot like Terry Gar and Mr. Mom, and Terry Gar and Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom obviously should have won five <laughs> to six Oscars. Obviously, the guy who plays the jerk who was in everything in the '80s should have won. Michael Keaton should have won Best Oscar. Terry Gar should have won Best uh, Actress. Um, the kids should have won little, uh, everybody gets a trophy Oscars, whatever those are. Terry Gar in that movie is smolderingly sexy, and you're kind of dressed like her right now. And so... I Thanks, po- it's a little dark academia I was trying right. out. Well, and t- remember how cute she looked in that movie. You do remember. I mean, that wasn't like my big takeaway from the movie, but okay. So here's my, my, what I assert to you is this, what, what, what I said was, I posited this hy- uh, hypoth- hypothetical, mm-hmm. is if if we were romantically involved, you and I, yes, and let's say you were wearing something like this, and, and if I had, because, you know, it's 1982, <laughs> Alice, this is a lifelong crush. For her from that movie, if I was to imagine you were instead her from that 1982, mm-hmm. um, um, I would think that that for me would be enhancing the situation because now I've introduced a visual that uh, that I felt that I that I felt kind of sacred, and meanwhile the real you is in the room. So if I imagine you're Bill Malugin, is that? Allowed? I assume you imagine that, <laughs> Alice. I hope to God you're not imagining me. I hope you're finding of this. I'm imagining oh, you. <laughs> why do that to yourself? Why? I don't even imagine I me like being involved, Alice. Because I like you. I imagine me as Bill Malugin. So I, <laughs> why? Oh, Alice. No. So, but but you but, but that I, but that would be you feel that would be a betrayal. Yes, of course. Why? Some of the people you sometimes kind of cheating in your head is cheating. What? No, it's yes, no, it's it not. Is. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I get it. I, you know what? I bet you that a lot of women are just would be just fine with that. Especially, I'm not. I'm not talking about like 
Pamela Anders. I'm not talking about somebody who you'd I'd have to like take a battery of aspirin afterward. We're talking about cheating in your head is cheating. No, it isn't. Not because yes, I have my wife there with me, Alice. You're there, <laughs> Ter- Terry. <laughs> no, it's, no. What happens in your head is real. You're telling me that you honestly only think about me every time. Yes. That is horrifyingly sad for you, Alice. <laughs> I am so sorry that you're trapped no, in this life. No, it's not sad for me. I like you and All I right. like my life. <sighs> yeah. That's why. I'm, okay. Why do you okay. think I'm married to you? Uh, <laughs> so you could think of like John Candy or Chris Farley, people who are, who are approximate uh, clones of me. <sighs> All right. I told you I always liked Orson Welles. You, you look know, like you, Orson Welles. You can think of Orson Welles the next time. We're I don't want to think about. Or Orson you know, you Welles. can think, you can think Tim Dillon. I'm kind of a Tim Dillon kind of build too. You know who he is? Mm-mm. He's a tougher one because he's gay. But <laughs> <laughs> he's a comedian. He's I, fat. But but I mean, I guess my question to mm-hmm. you is, why do you think that what goes on in your head isn't real? Isn't real? Because it's just make believe, like. Any other time, you're just imagining stuff, creating scenarios. Anytime, Alice, you're one of these per- people when you shower who tends to craft a speech or a talking <laughs> point. And you can hear you in the shower practicing it. Like, for instance, whenever you used to go in front of the town council where we used to be, where we used to live, you'd practice a speech in the shower and you'd give the speech. And I'm sure there's all sorts of. I mean, you you weren't betraying the shower by pretending you were somewhere else. <laughs> no, but I, but that's what what's happening in your head is really happening. <laughs> like in No, it's not. To you as a person it is, and that's what counts in cheating. Isn't it? No, I think that I think I I defer to the the guys who listen here uh, to No. To, cheating in your head is cheating. Okay. Okay. All right, we'll table that, okay? <laughs> well, we'll agree to disagree. How about that? I know you no. like to say that. We won't agree to disagree. We'll agree to disagree. It's not true. I mean, like... It, it's, you look like Terry Gar in a, in a very turn-on-y kind of way. Then how come okay? you can't just picture me if I look like the person that you want to picture? I don't get it. But, because I'm so... I'm already halfway there. <clears throat> so just picture me then. No. Why? I demand that you picture me. No, I want Terry Gar from 1982. No. Yes, sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to uh, work it out with Miss Gar. Maybe we'll get her on the show. <laughs> I'm sure she'd love that. <sighs> All right, so listen, um, you do look great, though. That outfit is great. So here's my thing. Um, one, things are different out there. Just, it's funny because <laughs> things at Market Basket are different. Mm-hmm. Things at all the stores that I go to are different. They're just different. And I go to a bunch of stores. I shop way too much for a married guy, probably. And I just like being out. I like being into places. But things have changed. And I noticed other people posting this, too. Like um, a friend of mine, Dan, who I used to work with in Lowell, in the cat food aisle at his Market Basket, there's all tissue in the shelves instead. So they've decided to fill the shelves. Yeah, they're, with something. Right. They're not empty. But and unless Mr. Boots is going to eat Kleenex, um, you know, there's no cat food. Well, yeah. And there's sort of this weird cope happening from the government where they'll say stuff like that. 
where they'll sort of downplay like, oh, well, maybe you can't get the exact brand, right. but as though like to say like, what are you really upset about? Your life is still fine, which is true. You know, we're all we're all alive. Right, but, we're but, all but safe. It's, we but... have our health to be thankful for. All those things we get it. But now let's put that aside for a second. But it's, say, it's, it's new for for an administration to say, you know what? Take a thirty thousand foot view on your life. Really, <laughs> that's not a good sign. Right, and and. It's trying to paper over the reality that that there are serious problems in in the supply chain mm-hmm. still, and there are a lot of serious threats that are continuing to happen to the supply chain, including you know Biden's trucker vaccine mandate that went into effect, including what are um, they doing at this point? It's insanity. It's crazy. Including, I mean, there's probably going to be a dock workers strike. In California this year, there's but this is the, there's this is a the, lot of there's a lot of pro- more problems coming well, let, down. Remember, the pipe. this is on the and, Biden victory lap um, list. The dock right, workers, right? So we're putting Tom Hanks out there to tell us that everything's going great, and in the meantime, we can all see the grocery store shelves and know and, that. And I, you I know, want to add something. I else. know it's a small thing, yeah, but you know. The lids are still different and inconsistent on the coffee creamers. Like, they don't always have the same type of lids. There's packaging problems. And it's not so much that those things in and of themselves are a problem in my life. They're not. But there are all kinds of problems in the supply chain that are still shaking out. And other places in the world, I mean, we're doing okay with this Omicron wave because we have a good healthcare system, even though liberals like to complain about it a lot. We have a good healthcare system. We have a lot of people with either immunity from, you know, good vaccines or uh, having had it. Whereas, you know, some of these places that have pursued COVID zero policies and China's vaccine for COVID, like you think our vaccines aren't effective. I've got news for you about China's vaccine, which was like absurdly ineffective, even against the existing variants that were out when they came out with it. You know, it was something like, 50% effective after two doses or something. It was like really ineffective. And that was right when it came out. I'm sure it's less right. effective now. <clears throat> they're having problems containing these things and and they're, you know, locking people back down. This stuff is going to continue to have an impact on our supply chains <coughs> and our grocery stores. Now today, or this isn't today, this is last week, but this was kind of going around Twitter today. So a lot of people were talking about it. Um, you know how there was like that storm last week? Um, and D.C. Homeland Security and Emergency Management tweeted out, if you're hitting the grocery store to prepare for winter weather, please just buy what you need and leave some for others. You may have noticed empty shelves in some stores due to national <coughs> supply chain issues, but there is no need to buy more than you normally Who would. Who said this? The D.C. Homeland Security and Emergency Management account tweeted Jesus. this out. Don't only take what you need. First of all, Everybody only buys what they need. People don't go out and randomly buy a bunch more stuff than they need because it costs money to take the stuff in the store home. You don't just get more than you. Well, think but you're also, use. I, also, why the f <laughs> is Homeland Security weighing in on my shopping list? <laughs> do they need something to do? Aren't they supposed to freaking uh, molest me at the gate? This is Homeland Security and Emergency Management. So this was part of their winter storm prep, was tweeting out to people, don't buy more than you need, just so you know. That is don't so patronizing. Alarmed. My don't God, it's so- Don't be alarmed by the empty store shelves. Everything's fine. Well, not that, but Biden said last week, he's like, oh, people say, 10 years ago, stores were 98% full. <clears throat> now they're 93% full. 
So the shelves, shelves are full. They're 93% full, and that's that's even better than we did. It's like, don't give me that unadulterated horse shit. Like, you people have any idea what percentage of the f***ing shelves are, are full. Yeah, how would they know really? that? Really? But we they, can but all they, see. We can go right. to the grocery store, and everybody knows right. that and so the it, shelves have not looked normal since March of 2020. They right. just have so, so stop going out there, you freaking oak tree, and saying this. Stop having your condescending uh, uh, flack. Go out there and, and gaslight everybody. It's not the freaking same. I'm sorry. You know, if you go to the market basket where I go to, Alice, mm -hmm. there is one kind of long spaghetti, and that is thin spaghetti. That means they are out of fettuccine, they are out of linguine, they are out of angel hair, they're out of normal-sized uh, capellini or whatever. Now, I understand that that doesn't mean that there's a food so shortage, but stuff ain't normal. Right. Okay? <clears throat> right. And there is, like, you can see that the stuff on the shelf doesn't go all the way back to the back of the shelf, right. too. That they're, like, filling in forward so that you can't tell that the shelf would be empty if they left it alone. And part of that is labor issues as mm -hmm. well. Part of that is the stores don't have enough people to take all the stuff out of boxes and put it on shelves and and they can't they can't pay people enough mm -hmm. to hire them to do it. So the prices are going to continue right. going up until those things sort themselves out. Exactly, which is also why I think there was I got a great deal on bacon Friday night. Mm -hmm. Two packages of the normal pounds of bacon for $3 altogether set. That's not because someone's being a nice guy. Right. I assume that's because it's it, they've got the stuff stockpiled and it, its expiration dates are going. You can't move it. Right. Can't get it out of whatever warehouse it is. And they're like, okay, just take the loss. Just get these things moving out out to the out place. <clears throat> and it's it is like a good it's a good um, tutorial about how the economy works. How every little widget. Talk about a good time to to. Uh, to read eye pencil, you know eye pencil, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, every part of the pencil, you know, the eraser and the paint and the graphite and the metal thing that holds the eraser. It's like everything that the metal thing that holds the eraser is waiting on is delayed. Mm -hmm. So they're delayed. So that's delayed. So pencils don't have erasers or they're not coming out. So it's like, but, <clears throat> and which is why, why are we doing this? Why are we making Canadian truck drivers get freaking... COVID, stop it. The thing is yeah. over. What are we doing anymore? <clears throat> Why are we, I don't see, see, you are, if you're somebody, I mean, I, I, it's so freaking irresponsible at this point for this administration to be saying, and even Governor Hochul saying, you know what, we're going to wait till the end of our, our mask mandates in at the end of February to make it this, what are you talking about? No end of February. Cut it out. Let's go. It's over. Yeah. Why bother having the wastewater data that tells you exactly how much COVID is going around if you're not going to act on it, right? We could see that the Omicron surge was happening. We can see that it's now dropped way off and people don't have to worry about it anymore. Everybody in the country, it seems to me, pretty much got Omicron in December and early January. Did they not? Seems like everyone got it if they didn't have Delta a few weeks before that or whatever. Like there, it just 
we've now all gotten it. It's now over. We don't have to wait now. We can get rid of this stuff now. But instead, Boston's like in the middle of rolling out their Vax passport mandate for the city. It's insanity. And especially, I mean, especially now that we with the current variants that we know are going around, we know that being vaccinated is not preventing you from being sick and giving it to other people. Not only that now, Alice, but it's now being reported widespread how powerful uh, the antibodies from having COVID are. Mm -hmm. And now, and this was hidden forever. They were always talking against this. It's much more powerful to have gotten the the disease and and, and had the vaccines, uh, the antibodies naturally. And now those stories are just coming out with right. the CDC saying, "Yeah, we've the studies." And I think we how dare they those and SOBs? I think we knew that even last year. I mean, obviously, the disadvantage <clears throat> of getting the antibodies by getting COVID is that there's a bigger chance that you'll die from the COVID than that you'll die from the vaccine for at least certain subgroups of people. Correct? Like, so if you're old, you don't want to get the antibodies by having COVID because you might die in the process of getting the antibodies, which is not the preferred outcome, obviously. So. You know, if you're elderly or at risk, then it makes sense to get the vaccine, right? But, you know, that's why it's stupid for young people to run out and get the vaccine, uh, in my view. And it's stupid for these people to omit facts because it went against their efforts to motivate people into behavior. You know, you have people who, since the very beginning, were uh, critical of these healthcare people. You know people, we both know people who have done huge freaking deep dives into ivermectin and hydrochloroquine, all of this stuff, who have done stuff. I, mm-hmm. My listeners at WTIC, there's a couple dozen of these people who know as much about epidemiology at this point as Scott Gottlieb. They, are, they have gone deep into this stuff. And so those people, there's many Americans who say, who are critical and they should be, and then who's here? Somebody like Fauci, and they can see that Fauci's hiding the cards behind his back, and what? And then they're all doing it, and it's like you stop freaking lying to me. It goes against your credibility that that my doctor is hiding the truth about the threats to me in order to try to um, to force me, motivate me to do something. It's it's. Terrible, and it's freaking. I hope that some. I hope that there are freaking lawsuits to no end, no end. People who had gotten this disease and had been fired from their healthcare provider, or whatever. I hope they sue their crap out of these places. I hope that the college or university system is sunk to the ground, collapses. Well, that's what's unbelievable with like the colleges <clears throat> mandating boosters and stuff, and then right. locking students in their dorms. It's just wild. What? Yeah. They're... In Yale, you can't go outside and get a bite to eat anyway. You psychos! <laughs> you psychotics! And these people were supposed to be—they're supposed to be held in esteem. You, you right. know, this is—I'll tell you one thing. If Trump exposed the media at large, COVID exposed academia. Mm-hmm. And certainly uh, the uh, the elite, right? And it's not it's not a question of following science because even you know I I'm a pretty like mainstream person on science and I like a lot of science and I'm pro vaccine and anti mandate or whatever. But you know there are plenty of legitimate respectable scientists saying this is nuts. Demanding that people 
wear cloth masks at things and pull them up in between bites while they eat is crazy. We, I mean, we went out to eat this weekend mm-hmm. and we're in a restaurant and a large number of people sat through an entire meal in a packed restaurant eating with no mask on and then put on their cloth masks to walk out of the restaurant to the door, which might be a rule, although we didn't do that and nobody asked us to. So I don't really even know if it's a rule, but um, but it it makes so little sense that I can't I just, I don't even understand. And if I knew somebody better, was closer to somebody who did that, I would want to ask them, like, what, what are, what exactly do you think that that's doing? I, well, like, um, what, what, what's the purpose of By the way, it's the Morning it Buzz Cafe mind. where we were in, in, um, Amesbury. Amesbury, and it was awesome. Yeah, and Alice, we, I saw a young couple walk in. I was facing the door. So a young couple walk in, just waiting to be seated with their masks on. I'm like, why? You're right. What is it going through your head? I, I don't know that I can blame them, other than the, the idea that that maybe they look at, well, maybe, maybe I would have too when I was that age. Maybe they look at the public health people and they say, wow, this is this guy – Credentials are everything, and look at the credentials after this guy. That means he's a deep man of science. But I think most public health people, anyone who's an honest public health person, which might not be all of them, but I mean, even the public health people who are on TV and stuff are saying a that cloth masks are super not effective at all. And but did you hear see today's latest tweet? No. <clears throat> um, but most of them cloth are- masks are back, Alice. Oh. Let me just uh, read this for you. (sighs) CDC tweets us out today. All masks help prevent the spread of COVID-19 when worn consistently and correctly. Choose a mask with the best fit, protection, and comfort for you. Hmm. Well, that being said, there have certainly been plenty of mainstream experts who have said that cloth masks... I mean, Leanna Wen, who's about as covid psychotic as you can get said that cloth masks are facial decoration yes so and so has the guy who was on with her at the time also said the same thing right and and in addition to that even people who are i mean everyone agrees that you know the it's you're sitting at the table you don't have the mask on for the whole meal so you're going to be exposed to what you're going to be exposed to either way, right? Yes. So I don't like they nobody thinks that the risk of catching covid is greater walking from your table to the door than it is at the table, right? Does anybody is there any public health person it's who about thinks else. that you there's a is? reason? Is there any You public- saw that guy who the, the the blue check mark who made fun of meatloaf, right? No. Well, you, you could see it coming, of course. You know, he said, uh, it should be known that this, oh, like the meatloaf is uh, not going to be served today because it's like some stupid joke because he was a mask denier and this is what happened. So sayonara to him. And one of these other like ghoulish things that are happening. Mm. But part of that is, part of that is, and it comes from a horribly ugly place, obviously. And right. also, we don't know that meatloaf was unvaxxed. He didn't like all the mandates. Right. But still, if you don't like the mandates, then you also have it coming, so it's a good and funny thing that you die. So, but part of that is, is I really think, is people saying, 
they they feel like they're seeing somebody cut the line. And they, they feel like they're seeing, and it just feels so wrong. I'm doing all the right things, and you're just, you're you're skirting. I'm putting myself in a pain that you're not. And, you, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was, it was people like, people stuck in the Northeast and big cities in Brooklyn lofts who looked at the people in Florida on the beach and said, get the cops after them. <laughs> what are they doing out there? Getting drunk and whatever and celebrating the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl. Get the cops after them. Remember CNN went down there mm-hmm. and called the cops. The news agency called the cops yeah. on the on people for partying in the streets. Said, no, you, you know what? And they say that, no, it's because of people like you partying, you in the that freaking Utah biker rally, it's because of you people that, that the uh, thing keeps spreading and spreading and coming back and hurting us. That's what they say to justify being adults having childish tantrums. Mm-hmm. But really, it is a jealous envy. Right, yeah. Are you having fun? I'm not allowed to have, I can't have fun. You shouldn't be having fun. Stop it. But it is weird because, you know, they can have fun too. It's they're the only ones stopping themselves from having they, fun. It's more, but they can't have fun. I think because I think a, 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 a one percentage of them is actually scared, which I don't get. I, I, I don't, I don't have that. Whatever that is, I'm not Mister Tough Guy. You know, damn the road of torpedoes. But I've never at one point in it. This you could call this the Tom Shattuck virus. It is made to kill fats like me. <laughs> but I, but I have not just not actually ever been afraid of, of getting it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm stupid. But, but there's part of that. But also, could it be that whatever thrill and satisfaction they're getting through complete compliance uh, supersedes everything else? Could that be it? The self-satisfaction, I'm absolutely doing everything right. We're making the girls in the softball team mask up. Don't you feel good? I'm going to the town meeting thing and letting them know my important credentials and letting them know that that well, I, uh, that we should all wear masks. We all have t-shirts saying let's all make all the kids mask. You know, is it that is it, is there is there is it this the high from this like this elite activism? Well, yeah, and I think in general, you know, I I've said this before on this show, but I think that it's a purity culture thing, that it's taken on almost religious symbolism to people. And that I think people, I think people like following rules. I think it gives a sense of structure and purpose to your life. And, you know, whether those rules are self-imposed or come from a church or come from, you know, whatever, like people, it gives you a sense of, of you know, having your life be under control if you have rules to follow and you have structure. I mean, Alistair, you have, but like, there are general it's like rules. How people we're say not, that we're like, not tossing out the concept of gravity. We're talking about little well, accessory right. gestures. But Those... I think that, but I think that people, if you've gotten rid of a lot of the structures and rules of society in general, you know, in terms of other behaviors or dress or whatever like there are no rules to a lot of stuff anymore and I think it gives people a sense of uncertainty and I think that when you have like a set of rules that you can follow to be a good person that that like people find that very comforting and they cling to it right and it's like an emotional thing that they do 
right? Because they don't have any other set of rules or ethics or like moral guide or structure in their life. Like they've thrown out like parental authority, thrown out religious authority, thrown out, you know, any kind of ethical principles or morals in their world, right? And so all they have left is to hang on to is something like the covid rules but you but I, you know what i mean like sure else but here's to, my like, problem elaborate with speech codes about like race and gender and stuff too for the same reasons because it gives you a sense of you know purpose and important and understanding they're following a theology of this instead of you know some other religion i guess so i guess especially if you get a good like good green pill every time you do a, give a nod to compliance. I mm-hmm. I guess so. But wouldn't you, especially if you're one of these very progressive elites, um, wouldn't you... You know what? I'll use your sisters. Okay. Your sisters both um, it, both went to good colleges. One went to an Ivy League school. Is the other one live in the Ivy League school too? I don't even know. I don't go to anything. Okay. But, they're, but they're both... I don't even know what is your younger sister. What is her? What is her title? It's something very fancy and smart people-ish. She's like an engineer. She's like a QA analyst. QA. Uh, like she does like testing for. Oh, okay, stuff. it's it's yeah. it's a it's a job mm-hmm. uh, that is a really smart person's job and studios person's job. Your mm-hmm. other sister, the Motney Pod co-host, um, is a uh, lawyer. Mm-hmm. Who went to a good law school, and mm-hmm. we'll just say that their twenties trajectory versus Tom Shattuck's twenties trajectory, <laughs> we were super, um, you know, supersonic jets going in opposite directions. Okay, <laughs> okay. I plummeted towards Earth, and they they went off to. So, but but the thing is, is that now, especially like with Jane, your okay. sister, and I'm, I'm only using her. Jane now. Is old enough. She's about thirty. Is she thirty yet? Um. Yes. So that she has now at this point worked with enough idiots to start to see a pattern. Oh, I see. He's this, but he's also an idiot, scatterbrain, has no backbone, is a weasel. Is you know, like anybody, like like you have mm-hmm. in all of us who've gone. By the out- way, she told me that you talked to her on the phone the other day, and you didn't tell me in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, she called me. They called me. They, <laughs> yeah. They called me to uh, take me to task. What was it for again? I don't know. Was it because I don't know? Did you talk about them on the Oh no. Listening? Oh, because oh no, because her boyfriend oh took her to a to a Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I think it was Hamilton. Yes. Oh god, I understand. I understand, Michael. I understand, Mike. I I, I understand, but I do feel it's my obligation as another guy. To write you a citation for it. Believe me, I understand. I read our bodies ourselves. I Believe me. I understand. I had to go to every freaking... Um, who's the guy who wrote all the plays? Sh- uh, Shakespeare? Shang- no. Um, Shanghai Surprise. Shangri-La. Last night in Vietnam. We're leaving Vietnam. Miss Saigon. I don't know that. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay. So I was dragged to all those things, too. And so I put my time in. But I still. I, How come I missed that Tom? I only get Tom oh, who does nothing that, with me. That Tom was. Oh, you know what? You should imagine that Tom when we're intimate, <laughs> Alice. You uh, don't do anything with well, me. Well, I, I, I. Shall we hit Broadway, Alice? Not 
I'm not that into Broadway, but I would like well, go Claire to doesn't the, do anything with you. You and I, I, are, I would like go to the opera. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Can't imagine. So that's why I called him up. But so what I'm saying is this. Let me get back to this. Maybe you do. Have I a also loud called up. Screechy voice. I also I also called out my uh, the producer I work with, mm-hmm. Anthony, who's in his mid twenties, maybe twenty five, because he Instagrammed. He's got a girlfriend now. He Instagrammed two chocolate martinis. So I once again, I understand. You go with what works. She wants a chocolate martini. Let her have a chocolate martini. She wants you to have one. Play along. I understand. But you should be called out for a freaking chocolate martini. Jeez. It's not a felony. I'm just saying these are these are misdemeanors. Guys, come on. You can't. <laughs> you're you're going to be doing. You know what you'll be doing soon? What I was made to do with the woman who made me wear. Um, also a lawyer, by the way, Jane. Who, who made me wear. Um, who made, wait, where? Actually, let's back out of this. <laughs> You made you wear what? She made me wear do mud masks with her. So there you go. You missed mud masks, Tom, Alice. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so, okay. But but my point is this. Is that after a while, as an adult, you've worked with... We can use my brother instead of your sister. Okay. Okay. He has worked with now enough morons and idiots, many of them who... And I have two. Many of them who are in stations where they shouldn't be. Many of them in very big and popular jobs i've known i've met and interviewed many politicians who are in other people who are very prestigious in every room who are really stupid and so there's got to be at some point as an adult you'd no longer just look at the one dimension of oh i'm going to be compliant i'm going to follow a rule at at some point as an adult you say wait it's coming from that idiot I just saw that guy mouth breathe, uh, you know, while trying to having a tantrum, trying to get a Zagnut bar out of the vending machine because he thinks it stole his money, and now he's calling the phone number on there to report. It's like, no, I, I've after a while you've seen enough incompetence, Alice, that you recognize it, even when it comes in a little lab coat in a four foot tall guy who's eighty four okay, years I old. I think a lot of people do that with many things right it's not that people follow all cdc guidelines with this level of rigidity like people taste the raw cookie dough and stuff you know right there's plenty of guidelines that the government tells you to do for safety tips that people absolutely don't do right and and i think that what makes this different is that this is a cultural phenomenon that's what's imbuing it with moral authority. It's and and Fauci himself is not getting the level of respect for his authority because he's from the CDC or makes four hundred thousand dollars a year. He gets this level of respect and people listen to him this much because he's a cultural phenomenon, because important famous people have pillows with his head on it in their house and are lighting little prayer candles with him on it. Like that's why it's because he's he's become a cultural meme force that has nothing to do with the actual person and his actual credentials. Right? He he's respected by people for that because of his cultural cachet. It has nothing to do with I mean like people like Leanna Wen too, but mm-hmm. they don't like 
people don't have pillows of Leanna Wen. Well, Leanna Wen has other problems. As you remember, remember Leanna Wen was a head, the head of Planned Parenthood. Well, sure, but I mean, and like, then do you think that what would... happened there? Was this the expose thing? The that stuff. I think she tried to. Um, she tried to um, incline, inspire. When you suggest something, you inside imply. Imply, yes. I think she tried to imply that um, women had babies. Oh, and that was. Curtis. But I mean, like, I don't think that it, it's just a thing. Like, people fell in love with Cuomo too, right? It's like sometimes these things just become like viral cultural movements, right? So this is not about like, well, the CDC says, because a lot of these things make no sense. The CDC doesn't say wear the mask half the time you're in the restaurant and then the other half, it magically doesn't matter when you're at the table. That's not a CDC rule. They tell you not to go to the restaurant at all, right? Like, and you'll see people wear like. I, I think they get a little more granular than that. By the way, I'm coming through your mic a little bit. You have to talk. Try to talk you're directly turning, into the mic. You're turning. You. It sounds like you turned my mic up. I did because okay. you were talking next to it and rather than. than oh god. Well, but the the point is, I mean, I think the CDC says not to indoor dine. I mean, there's no reason at all why why you would wear a mask half the time that you're in the restaurant and not the other half. Like, there's no reason to put it on once you've sat in the restaurant for two hours breathing in everybody else's air. The plexiglass shields don't do anything. The New York Times published that as fact, that they might even make things worse because they impede airflow, right? And trap air in there with COVID in it. So, but you still see the plastic shields everywhere, right? Don't you see them when you go places? Mm -hmm. That's it's because this is it's a signaling mechanism. Yeah, but the CDC it's did cultural... come out with some of the some of the um, some of the measures. They did come out with you know seven feet and then three feet or whatever for distance. Well, right, but the but not but they're not. Nobody's following really what the CDC says. They're I not... disagree. I think that everybody kicks it up. That's the top. They issue the guidance. And then the local boards of health defer to it in the states, defer to it where they want to. I mean, kind of like we know that COVID doesn't spread on surfaces. We've known that for a long time. Right. And places are still weirdly disinfecting things. There's there's plenty that people are doing that makes no sense by any scientific standard, including the CDC's. Right. The CDC doesn't say to go into a crowded restaurant unmasked and sit there for a whole meal with no mask on eating food. Right. They don't recommend that. So yeah, but they don't recommend. So, but then why, they don't. They leave it vague point, enough so that people are going to default to that. Well, yeah, but my point is that people go out and eat in the restaurant. You're already like not following the CDC, or it's like the people that wear these masks. Like you'll see somebody with like a KN95 mask, and it's like down under their nose. Like what? What do they think that that's doing? I don't know. It's, but they're doing it like they're a good person for doing it, you know. Yes. It's and I just it's not. Um, there's a, a video that I sent to Tom to hopefully oh. play later in the show that has like Brian Stelter at the school where kids are learning about Let misinformation. Me get to that now, we haven't played anything. I, but we, I had the teacher in it. The teacher in it keeps like her mask is like down under her nose for like half the video. Like she's obviously not actually scared of catching COVID. 
right? Right. If her mask is half off her face the whole like the whole time and occasionally she'll like sort of pull it back up, but she obviously doesn't care and yet she's enforcing she's not standing up for the kids oh, in her classroom and making them all wear masks all day. Like, it's incredible. There was a tweet that was going around, too. A bunch of New York City Council people were out partying with no masks on and uh, celebrate. They tweeted something like, up to no good. Like, and yes, they're all happy. That. And, like, they're making kids wear masks in school, like, purely for their own signaling. Now, some school districts in the country are making kids wear N95s. Don't they remember last year all the, or I guess now two years ago, all the nurses, like, in Italy tweeting their bruised up faces from the N95 masks. It just makes no sense. Like, it's not, they're not doing it to not catch COVID because an expert said this is the way to not catch COVID, right? They're doing it because it's purely a signaling, it's a being a good person thing. And that's a cultural phenomenon, not, uh, that's, that's not on the basis of anything scientific. That's, it's a cultural movement thing. I'm going to hit the Delta thing, okay? Okay. So, yeah. Hey, everyone. Good morning. Barbara King wants to arm this eighth grade class. All right. So today's topic is misinformation. With the tools they will need in a world of information saturation. We're going to learn to identify the various types of misinformation. And there is a <laughs> lot to learn. They're called satire, false context, imposter content, manipulated content, and fabricated content. Just imagine trying to make sense of all of this as a teenager. Now we go to imposter content. What does imposter mean? Someone trying to be someone else, right? You hear that word, what's an imposter. So an imposter content uses either a well-known name, a brand, or a logo. All the kids have their masks on, just so you know, so nobody has to worry. So to fool people into believing that it's authentic. As the web becomes even more of a wild west every day, the students here at PS207 in Queens, New York, know that they need these lessons. A lot of students have social media, and if they're looking at stuff that is, like, wrong and just telling everyone that, that it's right, and they're just giving everyone false information. King began teaching media literacy seven years ago. Why the initial impulse to teach about this? I feel it's a skill that, uh, that my students really need. Um, there's too much misinformation around us in the world, and I want to give... Who's exactly deciding what is misinformation well, and what right. isn't? Isn't and that interesting? And even his comment that the internet's more of a wild west than ever, like, is that even true? Because it seems to me that people used to get their information from all over the internet, and now most of these kids are, like, just on Instagram. Was Jussie Smollett misinformation, especially when he was on with Don Lemon, when it just happened, when he was just abused? Was that misinformation? No, I wouldn't. Give them some tools to make sense of what they're seeing. She uses curriculum from the News Literacy Project, a nonpartisan education nonprofit. Uh-huh. Founder Alan Miller says these lessons are now used by more than 37,000 educators. What do, I, what do I mean by I want you to critically think about what you're seeing on the Internet? The goal is to equip future generations. I don't need uh, public school teachers. I'm sure Mrs. King is great i don't need somebody of her uh intellect uh, telling people what's real and what's not well right or this nonpartisan news right. literacy project right. yeah you know I, what a nonpartisan news literacy project is alice 
It's uh, Democrats. It, yes, it's partisan. <laughs> Fact-checking the Babylon Savvy beat. news consumers. So in the picture, it looks like, like a car is like on a highway and there's like a shark in the water. And what was, okay, so what are we looking at? We're looking at oh, what type of a, a social media? What, is, what kind of account is that? Twitter. Twitter. It's an infamous fake, one that gets reshared every time there's a hurricane. And these students are sharing tips so they don't get fooled. On Google, there is this little picture of a camera, and you can add the image in there, and it will reverse search it. So ultimately, news literacy is about something bigger. It's about basic critical thinking skills. Correct. Correct. How do you try to connect those dots? Um, Well, to me, this is a real-world... Yeah, I get the feeling that if we hang around Mrs. King's class mm-hmm. a little bit more, we'll get we'll see what to her this yeah. really is. Their supporters, by the way, include the New York Times, BuzzFeed, uh, CNN, NPR, um, nonpartisan media, in other words, um, Axios, also there you New- go. also News Corp. Uh, yeah. So uh, thank you so much, everyone. We are going to head over to Patreon. So Patreon supporters, you can go over there for an extra chunk of show that will uh, keep talking. That's patreon.com slash burnbarrel. You can find us also, as always, for free on Twitter at burnbarrelpod, facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast, uh, burnbarrelpodcast.com, and uh, anywhere else you like to listen to podcasts. Say la vie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.